I'm Stephen Jack Pizzella. And I'm Joe DeWitt. And this is the Land Academy Show. <laughs> this is episode number 1,952. And today, we're going to talk about setting goals mm-hmm. in land investment. You know, a reverse engineering approach. You want to start at the end and work your way forward so you make sure you get there. And we're going to talk about your ideal land transaction explained. This will be you good. You want to do deals that, you know, you plan for. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just send a bunch of mail out. That's what this is all about today. Both of these topics. Yeah, just, you don't want to just do stuff and see how it goes. Yeah. Let's just blast this county, this state. Let's just leave everything in, see what comes back, and I'll just figure it out. I'll wing it. That I mean, that's that that's one way to do it, but I prefer making it easy, and we'll talk about that, too. When the cameras are turned off and, uh, you know, the weekend starts, which is uh, about two hours from now for us. Uh-huh. I just want to see how it goes, but not in my land career. I don't. I don't. No. I want to know exactly how it's going to go. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> just see how it goes. I want to pause and tell the story that you just talked about from the, our, our neighbor here. At oh, this, sure, sure. It's worth this sweet, sweet uh, park. Uh, just outside Estes Park. RV Park. Uh-huh. An RV Park. And uh, Jack was talking to our neighbor who sounds like they just on a on a whim signed up to be a, um, a, a park host in Estes Park. Um, is it Rocky Mountain National Park or Estes, Estes Park? Estes Park right up there. Okay. I'm, but not Rocky National Park. Okay. But uh, anyway, they're going to be a park host for like eight months and they just decided to do it like on a whim. So they're both 67, uh, he and his it. wife and... And uh, he was uh, in the auto industry, I think, as an auto mechanic. Oh. She's a retired teacher. Oh. And they lost a very close friend of theirs a couple years ago. And then they said, that's it. We're done working. That's oh. We're going to go. And they, they're full time. They sold their house. They sold everything. Oh, that's so good. From Virginia. All I heard out the window was him say, I don't want to be a statistic. I'm like, that's flipping yeah. cool. I agree with that. And I, I heard you say, saying, that's why we're doing know, this stuff. As a man. Mm-hmm. People pull in, and you can, and within the five minutes, first five minutes that they're here, you can see how much of a man they are, <laughs> how they hook their stuff up, how they back their rig in, all of it. And uh, that guy put me to shame. Oh. Usually, that's not the case. Usually, I'm like, you know, I can handle all of this. But. I did. We did come back last night, and you said, "This this man's serious. Look how then, how perfect everything is." And then we're talking, and he's opening his opening all of his storage. And everything's all perfect in there. Oh. He's got like a whole work chest to pull things out, and he's got screws and. I'm jealous. <laughs> now I got to up my game. Oh, yeah. My there stuff's you go. All, all falling out. And I'm exactly. Talking, trying to clean everything off. Just kind of kicking it and closing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Jack rolls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank goodness our company. Well, no, our company's started a little tape together, too. That is how you roll. <laughs> it's getting better. Yeah. Our this land is, company's not is, taped together because that's what Jill does. That's right. See, this, <laughs> this is our life. He starts, well, even the land company started before me. You know, it takes, uh, it takes a woman or somebody else, you know, someone organized to come along and just kind of like, all right, let's now put everything in place. We're taping late today because Jill uh, just got done with the mobile notary coming to mm-hmm. sign a deal. We made a hundred grand on. Mm-hmm. We netted out a hundred thousand bucks on it, which is how it's supposed to go. In fact, this is a great segue into this because we planned on that. We didn't mm-hmm. just send the mail out, you know, it's every single uh, landowner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, haphazardly pricing it just to see what's going to come back. Mm-hmm. We plan on making a hundred grand a deal. Each week, we answer questions from our Land Academy Discord forum. Uh, we review land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar, and we take a deep dive into two land-related topics by popular interest. Hey, if you have a question and you would like us to answer 
uh, answer it on the air, or you need help getting involved in, uh, with our community, text us. This is new for us at 480-530-7383. We read every single one of the texts that we get. And if we like your question, we'll get we'll get it on uh, uh, live live on, on our podcast. podcast the next week, most yeah. likely. Now let's take a question posted by one of our members on the Land Investor uh, Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a sneak peek, go to landacademy.com. It's free. All right. But first, uh oh, we need to celebrate with Yuri. Uh, who's been a member, a very loud, pos- in a positive way, active member in the Land Academy group, oh. and he's. Uh, you found this in Discord. Cashing, and you had just to kind of pause everything and give a little shout out. Two massive checks this month oh. that will, and he will be done this year. Oh. So am I reading that? Or are you reading mm-hmm. that? Oh, okay. So Yuri, congratulations. This is a shout out from Jack and I to you, Jack. This sung to Jack today, so I'm gonna read this out. He said, "Just close on two of my best." deal so far buy for 30,000 sell for 130,000 and buy for 25,000 sell for 140,000 total profit 215,000 before closing costs 2022 was my first full year sending blind offers and prior to that I had zero real estate experience here is a picture you guys can see it on discord of my office for the weekend what was it? He's, uh, was it like a, on an ocean? Yeah, he's on the Pacific Ocean in, in a hotel room. There we go. Thank you, uh, Jack and Jill and Kevin. Kevin uh, Farrell, who's uh, uh, moderator. my moderator on Discord. Yay. All right, so here's the question from Dan. Dan wrote, I have an easement question for you all. I just bought two adjacent 20-acre properties. They have a shared pond and in a great duck hunting area. There's a road that cuts through the corner of one of the properties for access. My broker says if I sell them separately, they will sell faster because we can set the price a bit lower for each and then end up making more altogether. True, true that. I love that. Uh, The only issue is that the second parcel only has access across the first parcel. If it's only about 200 yards through a flat field along the north property line from the road to the second parcel. Can I just write up a simple document granting an easement across the north 30 or 60 feet of the first property to the second property and record it? Or would you reach out to an attorney for this? Seems like just a simple cut and paste wording of legal description and copying similar easement wording from another deed would be the easiest and the quickest. Thanks. A lot of people weighed in on this, uh, which is one of the reasons I chose it. And they all said some version of what I'm about to say. You need to get a lawyer. Uh, it's not going to be expensive, maybe $1,000, probably less, to make sure that when you, uh, you're going to re-record the deed that, the, uh, that contains the easement, which is the deed the, where they drive across it to get to the second property. Easements are recorded in the deeds that are being crossed or being traveled on most of the time. Sometimes you'll see an easement recorded in, a, in the recipient or the pro- property that's the beneficiary of the actual easement, but not not very often. It's different. Uh, Usually the deed, the legal description on the one giving up access will say, yes. this is the property legal to, except for the 30 feet here and the 200 right. feet here along this side, you know, and those dimensions and everything. So everybody knows where the easement is. This is not something that you want to do yourself. No, I was, you know, I was going to say a version of this, which is my number one resource is the county. 
I'd be like, hey guys, what's involved to do this? This form, this form, record this, this, this. Can I do it myself? Well, yeah, but okay, who would you recommend? Oh, Bob Smith. He's just down the road. He does all this for everybody around here. That's what That's I would do. It's a good do. situation. Who's to be the in. attorney? Very often, you don't Usually. own both properties. And you've got physical access, but not legal access. And you've got to deal with uh, another property owner to get an easement to the property that you own. By the way, occasionally, stuff like this, you don't need an attorney. But you do need to know someone that owns knows the ropes. Like um, someone uh, involved with the county that does surveys and things like that. So I would still, for me, sorry, my answer's different. <laughs> I would call the county first and find out what's the process because... Like I said, maybe the, the local survey guy can do it, and he does that for everybody and gets it recorded. It's a good situation to be mm-hmm. in because you have all the control, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. Yeah, and I agree with this, by the way. You need, Doing this, he didn't say how big they are, so I'm assuming they're big enough. This is not going to, it's not one acre or one acre. Oh, 20 acre properties. Two 20 acre properties. Okay, good. Now we know. So th- this is not going to mess with anybody's view or anybody's anybody's enjoyment of their property. They're giving now. They're one of properties going to be nineteen point nine mm-hmm. when they're done nine, or something nine, like nine that. Five, yeah. So all good. Twenty acres is a great amount of property to shoot a twelve gauge at a duck, pretty safely, I think. There you go. If they're square. And you're hunting on, yeah, never mind. If the ducks are square? No. If the ducks are square. If the properties are square. You know, the other day when I had you in that, uh, I took Jack the other day in Fort Collins uh, into an underground, like, arcade area. I did skee-ball, Jack did shooting, and I think you could have used a square animal to hit. I could have used a non-moving, <laughs> screen-size animal smiling. That's what was needed. <laughs> it said, hit the bucks, not the does. He's like, well, you got a buck, and you got two does. <laughs> so you get negative one. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> no, <laughs> was, you were you were not in, you were out of practice in your defense. That was pretty darn funny. I have the video for that. I'm I'm going to send that to my team here soon. <laughs> First off, we're going to talk about this. Setting goals in a, in a land investment, you know, it's a reverse engineering approach. So we've said this millions of times. Uh, you want to start at the end. And in fact, we've institutionalized it now with what we call the equity planner. We start out, and we just went through this in career path, and uh, minute by second by second, walked everybody through in the career path uh, class about how to use the equity planner to plan for how much money you want to make a month and obviously a year. How many deals do you want to do? You know, Jill and I like to do two or three deals uh, a month and make $100,000 each deal. And so... Or more. And so, uh, and then, right. So that's, you know, that ends up being three to $4 million uh, a year. Mm -hmm. And that's a real good, comfortable place for us for some reason. It's not a lot of work. We've got everything in place. And so... Knowing now that we want to make $100,000 a property, there's a very specific way at the end. Uh, at the end, we know if we want to hit our goals at the end, we, st- we move our way, uh, way back and we only hunt for or fish for properties that are going to make us hundred grand. We don't buy properties for $5,000 and sell them for ten. I'm not knocking that. I built the company on that actual business model. Exactly what I just said. Heck, even lower than that. Right. Buy for a thousand, sell for three, and do a lot. I mean, back in the day, we were doing a lot of little deals. Right. Just, just, 
you know, getting, getting rolling and getting going and then figuring everything out. That's why you're here. You know, I look at it this way. I love your equity planner. This is the equity planner that you as a land Academy member have in our stuff that you can sit and put in for the year. Um, you know what else this is? You're 24 month millionaire. Yeah. We haven't talked about that in a while too, right. but that you wrote and put in there and shared with our people. Um, what it looks like and how hard you have to work, which is not that hard. That's so. That's the whole thing. You know what? We'll talk about that next week. I mean, I, I'm, you just gave me an idea for a topic next week, and we do will. Do you want me to write talk. that down real quick? I'll do it. Okay, good. Okay, so the equity planner that we have, I love because I don't see things month to month like you do. I don't pay that much attention. I I look at them and. I like to do it because I'm not the accountant, clearly, but I do know about hitting your goals every month. I know I'm in sales. I'm very familiar with that one. Hero to zero. We all know what that means. Um, But I'm very familiar with um, the big picture stuff. I love the big picture and I love backing it up. And here's the reason why. What Jack's explaining is thinking about your goals. What do you want to make for this year? I have a good example. We have some sweet, a sweet couple in Land Academy and they want to 3X um, her salary from last year. It's going to put about 3 million this year. It's like, okay, 3 million. Great. But I only want to do how hard I want to work, how much time do I want to put in, you know, how many deals, how, how comfortable I am. It's 10X, but okay. So, and how much are, okay. Yeah. How much think, I love it when you correct Sorry. me. Sorry. And, and uh, derail your thought process. Exactly. Those are two of my favorite things. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Sorry. it's okay. So, anyway, you, so you put in your number and you think about, um, say you want, let, let me just, let me make this very simple for everyone. I want to make a million dollars this year. Got it. So, and I want to, I want to have some wiggle room in there. Okay. So let's say our goal is a hundred thousand dollars a month, right? Cause there's some, so it's 1.2 if I did it every month, but I've got some wiggle room. I know if I screw some things up, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a million this year. Awesome. So now my goal is a hundred thousand dollars a month. Okay. But how much time do I have to put in it? Mm, not a lot. I'm still got a day job. My partner's available full time, but I have a day job. Okay, got it. So let's say, you know, you've got enough bandwidth to do a deal a week. All right, got it. So this is not nuts. Think about this. $100,000 a month. You've got the bandwidth to do one deal a week. Great. So what does a deal need to make? $25,000 each. That's nothing. That's crazy. That's really not hard. That's, you know, buy for 30, sell for 60. And you've even got your your cushion of fees and things in there. And buy for 30, sell for 60. I'm going to argue you can sell it even more. If you're buying something for 30, it's probably worth 90 nowadays. So there's even more of a cushion for you. So that's really what this is about, you know, setting goals like that and then working it backwards. And when you look at it, go, oh, I can do a, a deal a week. What if I don't even want to work that hard? I only want to do two, one deal every two weeks. All right, now they each got to make 50. That's still not nuts. Buy for 30, you know, sell for 90. And there's my cushion in there too. I'm going to make at least 50 on these deals and do two deals a month. And you're going to make a million. That's, that's how I sit. That's how I sit and look at it and think about it. That's exactly what the equi- equity planner is, and you can. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of variables that you can put in there. You could take it even smaller down to how much mail do I need to send. That's what it's for. What mm-hmm. it does is it spits out all the answers for you. Mm-hmm. You got to spend send out this much mail. You have to troll 
for properties that exist within those parameters. So Correct. if you want to buy a property for 30 and sell it for 60, like Jill's talking about, then tr- then you set your parameters to troll for areas to send mail where those those types of values are are uh, you know prevalent mm-hmm. in the southeastern California desert. You're going to buy properties for five thousand and sell them for fifteen, maybe ten, maybe less. So that doesn't that's not you're not going to hit your goals of a million dollars a year unless you double the number of properties that you uh, buy and sell, which is fine. And some people might like that. Yeah. I want to buy for ten and sell for twenty five. That's my sweet spot. I'll make fifteen grand on every deal. I love those. That's make nothing 15, wrong with that. A month and for I my do first year. Do it. Do it. Then I'm going to do two a week or something like that. Yeah, and then and then that's the fine. Next year rolls around and you set, reset your goals and maybe increase it because you now you know how to do it. Now you know the process of buying and selling land. What's great about this is too. So now you've learned. So you you hit your goal this year. So now next year when you look at it, you go, I can either do the same amount of work and and increase the the value of these properties, right? So I can probably double my money by just going for little you know, going for higher dollar amount properties. Or, you know, I could do that and then scale back my work, whatever it is. You know, I don't maybe I want to make the same amount of money, but work half as hard. Well, right in the <laughs> and title, that's okay too. Right in the title is it's a reverse engineering approach. You have to yeah. start with the end. Yeah. You have to start what your goal is and work it all the way back and then troll for properties like that and plan for how they when they come back, when the uh, sellers are calling you and, or signing offers you're planning you have an idea of what's going to happen instead of just seeing what's just let's just see how it goes that's, that's amazing. the point you don't want to do that i'm sitting here thinking about where else can we do this like like if i had any kind of a retail thing you can't do that like oh i'm gonna work nope. half as hard and pay somebody to do it great because they're gonna do half the job you do so we got to think about that um and now you got to pay a salary so that's not doesn't work. What if I was even a real estate agent? There's no cost. Yeah, you can't. I'm, I know because I'm the real estate agent. I'm so rolling. I'm dependent on what I find. I'm dependent on what other people are doing. There's no cost of goods sold in this business unless you actually buy something to resell it. So in a convenience store, you stock the shelves, and then you resell. Uh, as you're reselling it, you've got a, that cost. You have to uh, obviously factor in that what, what the. Uh, six pack that you mm-hmm. just sold uh, and and collect the revenue and on and on in manufacturing same thing it's the cost of goods you get an order you got a, all the cost of goods sold the cost of goods sold in this business is the actual piece of dirt which you have complete control over buying because you've re, uh, reverse engineered what's going to happen to it mm-hmm. you're only buying it for $30,000 because you're very very confident and your peers in Land Academy Jill and I concluded are extremely confident mm-hmm. that you can sell it for 60 or 80 or more so you have complete control over your sales price uh, well reasonable control over your sales price uh, and complete control over your acquisition price you don't mm-hmm. have to do the deal you have control over your sales price. You either say yes or you say no. And then Sometimes really, I say no. And then the variable is, you <laughs> like, know, nope, how, how long do you want to wait? Low. You know, how long uh, do you want to wait to sell the property? Yeah, I know what it's worth. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother podcast, by the way. Like I've, I can't tell you, especially recently, I've swapped out brokers quite a bit recently because we are not on the same page money wise. Their first thing is let's lower it. I'm like, mm mm, they're not doing your job. So start and, at the end. Mm-hmm. Work your way back. Yeah. Ask uh, everybody in Land Academy, uh, am I doing this right? Does this make sense to you? Is it realistic? Is it unrealistic? Ask us. We'll mm-hmm. tell you. That's what that texting number is that we gave you in the beginning. Oh. Text us questions. The number, again, is 480-530-7383. We're not selling you anything. It's We're pretty answer, cool. We answer your questions. It's pretty cool. Okie dokie. 
Now, let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday Closed member webinar. Jasper County, Georgia. Um, we have legal and possibly physical access via dirt road through the neighbor's property, uh, 25 acres. Well, that's uh, original owner is dead, it's 25 acres, but the grandson has legal docs granting legal authority to sell. Uh, there's a creek running through it, SFR is nearby. Buy for 58, sell for 150. Floodplain, yes, noted. We need to hear back from my attorney about the access situation. How do we verify that on our own end that the property legally has access via an easement besides seeing the easement agreement from the owner? Planning and zoning was no help. <laughs> yeah. It says it's a private agreement and they would not have any knowledge of it. I would start with a plat map to see if there's platted in uh, easements. And you can tell on a plat map because there's dotted lines. It's certainly not, it doesn't apply everywhere and in every case, uh, but that would be a good place to start. If it sounds like there's some agreement that these two guys did, yeah. they wrote it down, they signed it, notarized it, and then it stopped there. Yep. What it could be, could be not recorded. So that way nothing would have been updated because then it would, if you really update the plat map, someone would have to pay for a survey to redraw lines because we've been through stuff like that. That doesn't, that wouldn't still stop me having yeah. that document, me honestly. Either. And and we all confirmed as legit and everybody's alive and well, and they'll stand behind their signatures. That's all I need to sell to, to push to my seller and then just say, okay, here's the deal. If you want to make this official, you've, you know, you need to get an attorney and has to go through the court and, you know, just tell them what's going on. So it's 25 acres for 60 grand. That That's the deal that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. These are active properties. The property is somewhere right here. Okay. In the zip code, here's 10 acres for 130, 50 for 400. And this is these are much more relative comparison values than let's say up here. I do have a filter on for the last six months. I don't know if you care about that. Just so you know, if you want to make it here. 40, here's 40 acres for up here for uh, 800,000, mm -hmm. nine days, 14 days, 20 days, 23 days, real low days on market. A lot more sold values. So let's look at properties that are bigger. 40 acres sold for 230, 40 acres for 210. So the numbers really work, dramatically work. It's all about access and getting a local opinion. This passes my phase one for sure. Mm -hmm. Does it pass yours? Mm -hmm. okay. Those numbers are realistic for that area. I've had really good luck there. Herbert, make sure you get a good broker, okay? O2O just got a brand new look. Uh, Jill and I, if you don't know by now, own a full-blown commercial printing company called OffersTheNumberTwoOwners.com. And uh, we just completely rehabbed the entire uh, website. And so you can see exactly where you are and added a ton of features. It makes it a lot easier to uh, to get your mail, your offers in the mail. And we have uh, relaunched and it's so popular. We've had to staff two additional people, uh, concierge data, where we actually do the whole entire mailer for you with the exception of uh, pricing it at the end. So check us out. Offers the number two owners.com. Yep. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek, Go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay. Christian wrote, I have a question about appraisals. If you buy a property for much less than its market value and then go into a contract with a buyer getting financing and there's an appraisal required, will an appraiser see the original purchase price and have an issue? The property is selling for market value. Just wonder how appraisers see a much lower prior purchase price from just a month ago. 
Also, the property only needs to appraise for what the loan amount would be, correct? They don't actually care what the purchase price is as long as it appraises for the loan amount or more. Thanks. I That's love this question. question, and I have yeah. a story to tell. Okay. Uh, back in the day, around 2009, 2010, it was very difficult to sell land uh, because of the huge economic downturn that was happening and the massive devaluation of real estate that happened over those spread of maybe three years. In fact, Jill and I had to retool our entire land operation and we began and uh, traveled down this path and ended up successfully buying houses um, in a very blue collar area of Phoenix for twenty dollars to $40,000 and selling them for sixty dollars to $70,000 to $80,000. You know, same model, same business model, mm -hmm. different product and we adjusted and it ended up doing very type. well. Yeah. We had two back-to-back -back properties that were financed by different lenders. One was uh, HUD or FHA, the federal government, federally insured loan, and another one was just a private lender like Bank of America. They weren't exactly those lenders. Well, the federal government was. I'm just saying Bank of America. It wasn't that lender. It was a commercial bank. The appraisal came back with the commercial bank. Uh, you know, of course, we bought it for, I don't know, 40 and probably selling it for 80, let's say. And the appraisal came back at 80 mm -hmm. really quickly. Mm -hmm. With the FHA deal, the appraisal came back for our purchase price. Hmm. And, uh, and it stuck with the property for six months. Interesting. So we had to hold the property for six months, put it back on the market and say and uh, quietly say, uh, quietly say amongst ourselves, let's say, uh, not in the listing, and we weren't loud about it, but FHA uh, and HUD were not going to be a let lender on the property again. So Cash. It depends very much on a lender. This is a very intelligent question, and mm -hmm. actually something that we've never, I don't think we've ever talked about it, or cash. Those mm -hmm. houses were never cash. Yeah. They're always 3%. We bought down. cash. Bought it for cash, sure. Yeah. So it depends on the lender. It incredibly depends on the lender, and it seriously depends on the, the appraiser. Right. So you ask the appraiser before, you know, how much does the purchase price, uh, you know, I've always wondered, like, what if you inherited the property? Right. And then, or like, well, well here's the funny thing, too, this because you know this would never happen, but we would pass properties back and forth among companies and write really for like a dollar or $10. Like, I have filled out, not kidding, Arizona affidavit of property values, and what's the value? $10. They're not going to say it's worth $10. So we know that doesn't count. <laughs> Every property that I've ever had appraised because uh, as a buyer, um, and there are, they've all been houses that Joe and I have purchased um, where we had financing, which I think is like about two right. entire lives together. Exactly. But in my previous life, uh, buying a primary residence, the appraisal came back at exactly the number that I was purchasing. And that, it's always, always funny. How does that happen? I just don't think huh. that's okay. I agree. It's a racket. It's stupid. And this is why we, I developed this out of frustration for many, you know, and I can say the same crap about real estate agents and escrow agents. Oh my and, God, title companies, don't get me started. All of it. Oh my gosh, so, it's and a racket. appraisers and, uh, you know, that's why. Uh, after a decade of massive frustration on, with dealing with and buyers and sellers, because mm -hmm. I wasn't the buyer or the seller, yep. I came up with this business model and I tried to know, remove them all. Did away with everyone, every single person that's involved yeah. in the process except me, the buyer, and, and the, the seller. seller.
and then and now we didn't used to but now we get title agents involved it's because we want to we're buying assets that need title insurance mm-hmm. but geez we put the screws to them too because we have a transaction coordinator can't put anything past her she's been mm-hmm. uh, in that business for 30 years exactly so the uh, questions at the end are um, also does the property needs to be appraised for what the loan amount would be correct now the property needs to be appraised for uh, the, the sale price because there's going to be a down payment involved so it's not just the loan amount mm-hmm. and loan and uh, lenders used to be it would if you're going to buy a hundred thousand dollar property and I'm going and, and I'm going to take an eighty thousand dollar loan out used to be that you could get an appraisal for eighty grand and the lender would be like I don't care mm-hmm. but no that's not the case anymore they want your skin in the game and they want the property to not be overpriced mm-hmm. the second question at the end is uh, oh, I, have one, I have one thing to add yeah. after this oh well you know what I was going to think I want just going to add on is the way that we typically buy and we sell is I do want to have I don't you I'm not going for top retail or resetting the market by the way so if I'm buying something for twenty thousand dollars and I'm selling it for seventy thousand dollars it's worth it because it's probably worth eighty or ninety so for someone to get really get it appraised at seventy thousand dollars everybody feels good about that Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's right. Today's second topic is your ideal land transaction explained. What I really mean by this is, you know, in the first thing in marketing that you learn about marketing online specifically is is creating a model. It's called an avatar. Creating a model of your customer. What age is your customer? What part of the country are they in? Um, maybe they're an airline pilot. Maybe they're a nurse. Maybe they're an accountant. Uh, they could. What? Who is that customer um, that you are trying to attract for whatever your uh, whatever product you're going to deliver or service? Well, the same thing needs to happen um, in a land deal. You need to really create that perfect kind of land deal, and uh, you know, to get you to that year-end goal that we talked about earlier. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the whole topic. Oh, sorry. I, I should have said that. Yeah, you're right. Are you all done? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I'm so... You know, well, that was a, a big, big script folks, from who, who's in charge of the script. I'm so confused. We're gonna be, by the end of the this year, we will have done our 2,000 2, freaking podcasts. Wow. And you, you think, think he'd get it down. That I could read a Microsoft Word document on a, on a screen below a camera. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. Like, well, that was our topic. Now you know. <laughs> you got three sentences. See ya. <laughs> that was great. Oh, God. I was like, what the heck? Okay, so let's go back. To, let, me, let me just see if I can um, save this. <laughs> Here's how I think of my ideal land transaction explained. So he's right. It starts with, you know, thinking about who's your buyer, right? And, and, and queuing things up. You know who my buyer is? The majority of the people buying the property. That's who my buyer is. So when when you're trolling this is how i see it and you're looking at you're looking at you know you're going on zillow you're looking at areas you put in you know five to twenty acres maybe five to ten acres let's just narrow it down a little bit and you put in anything selling between seventy and eighty thousand dollars because you're going to try to buy them for twenty these are all great and you're trolling around and you're seeing areas that have a lot of yellow dots because that means they're sold 
that's your buyer. Who are those people in, in that area? So that's, for me, I'm simplifying it, starts with my um, ideal land transaction. I want it to be easy. I want it to be hard. I'm not here to reset the wheel. I'm not here to buy the most beautiful rock climbing uh property for the small niche of people that want to buy and own their own rock. They're out there, but that's not as many as everybody with an RV that can roll up on it and love it or hunt on it or fill in the blank. So it starts with that. So you pick it, pick it. This is my notes that I wrote to myself. My ideal land transaction is pick it, mail it, buy it, be ready meaning have it ready to go and market it and beautifully and make it easy because it should be. So many times people come to us with properties that have all these flaws and they're trying to overcome these flaws. I'm like, why? It doesn't make you, doesn't make you any more of a land investor. It doesn't make you any more special or important because, oh, you're can pound, I can pound my chest that I got through this, I got through that and got through that. Well, I'm over here doing uh, a lot less work and making the same or maybe even more money because I'm turning more deals in the same time that you're taking to undo some of these issues and problems. So my ideal land transaction is just that. Beautiful, simple, everybody loves it. I'm in an area that's not too busy. And I, and also my part of my be ready was while I'm buying it, I've got my agent picked out who's going to sell it. I've got, you know, photos I'm ready for it. I've got, it's all just kind of unfolding perfectly. That's how it should be. I started in real estate, uh, in the early nineties, brokering nursing homes. Very, very, very specific very specific product type uh, and there was a finite database of about that back then 12,000 properties that were skilled nursing facilities in the entire country what did I do I manually input them into a database contacted every single one of them and found out who was interested in selling they were largely and still are largely mom and pop run believe it or not my clients were publicly traded or on their way to be publicly traded nursing home companies and they had to buy deals they had they lived and died by their acquisitions that both the number of acquisitions and the quality of their acquisitions so what do I do what did I do extort the hell out of that you know I, I made it work to my advantage <laughs> excuse me so I would I had an interview sheet and I would talk to the director or the vice president of acquisitions at each one of these five companies and I would say something like this how many beds what's your ideal bed there's some nursing homes are real small there's 20 or 30 beds some are really big 300 beds they would usually say 120 beds with one single nursing station instead of two because the staffing's better uh, and that and, and, and go on to you know fit, create a profile of their ideal transaction cool and then have me go contact uh, all the sellers that had that exact yeah. type Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it made it easy. I did a lot of deals and made a lot of money. Was there, Same was thing. there, did you find like uh, a certain percentage of them, of them, like more than 50% wanted the same thing yeah. to make? Okay. So that makes it even easier. So that way, then if you knew that the majority of the people wanted between 100 and 150 beds, one to two nursing stations, one. you know, whatever it was. 120 beds, one nursing station. Uh, a skilled wing. It's a, I, I okay. don't need to go into it. But um, but then you could go out and probably find ten, 
and then queue it up to all of them oh, and let no. it be first come first serve. Yeah, that would be the fastest way to kill your career. We're oh, getting off track. I see. Here. I didn't know that. I'm asking some questions because I don't know. You don't want to have eight clients and have them bid against each other. They'll never take your call again. You need to, you need to represent the person. Well, well, hold on a moment. I do that with my sellers. I don't do one seller at a time and say, "You want one? You yeah, are you, you any represent out? yourself." There's no uh, no chance of you losing oh, yourself as a client. Excuse me, I forgot. You were you were a real estate agent. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I was a licensed Michigan real estate broker. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot who Commercial. I'm sitting next to. <laughs> yeah, I've never had that. Role. My point to the silly story that Jill just wrecked <laughs> is. <laughs> they defined their ideal transaction. Did they come oh. off of it? All the time. It's 120 beds. It's a singles nursing facility, but it you is a it up. station. But it didn't have a Medicare wing to it. Well, that's fine. We're yeah, you didn't and, say that. We'll, yeah. well, you started talking. I know. <laughs> you know. No, 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 no. I mean, they didn't say that, not me. <laughs> I did a lot of deals. So what you want to do in your land situation is create that avatar. Create the, what the, uh, the perfect property is for you. Uh, and why and it better involve what Jill just said who you're selling it to again we're starting from the end Mm -hmm. the end of the entire real estate deal for you is when you sell it when you sign your name sign the deed just like Jill Jill did today and you have in your head you should be saying some version of the person who bought this property is exactly who I thought was going to buy it Mm -hmm. for just about the price that I thought we were going to sell it for and I bought it for a hell of a lot less Yeah. so create that avatar it might be farmland you might like that it might be like uh, Dan earlier with this question, uh, duck hunting property that isn't buildable at all. Who's going to sell it as duck hunting property? There's all kinds of uh, very specific avatars that you can target um, and do very, very well with. Jill and I fell backwards into a couple years ago, more than that, a few years ago, into uh, an incredibly priced property that only had a single use, which was to build a motel on it. Yeah. And boy, we made a ton of money on it. So it wasn't in our avatar. We just looked at it and said, we have to buy this. Mm-hmm. And so maybe what's involved in your avatar is the greatest financial real estate land deals you can possibly, and then any use. And then because you're great at marketing, you can find a specific use property. You can find a database full of people just like nursing homeowners or people who need to buy it and, and work it backwards that way. Mm-hmm. My point is you don't want to do this you don't want to just see what happens. True. You want to, and if you're brand new and you're like, well, where do I start? I don't know if I want to buy hotel property, nursing homes, or uh, you know, farmland. It's a good point. Spend a ton of time asking those questions in Discord. Use, utilize your peer group that mm-hmm. we've created. Ask those questions on the Thursday call. We're happy to answer those. I love answering those questions. Mm-hmm. And do a lot of research. Find out. You know, Google some stuff. Google some crazy stuff. What's the most profitable type of land? I always go with what's the easiest. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm serious. Why wouldn't I? Well, I don't Jill, want you to you fail. See, what you see is easiest, you know, is different than what some people say is, is easiest. I have to tell you, I agree with you. So I, I, I don't want a you special know. use, this, you know, n- special use, um, have to undo this probate thing. Whatever. I'm not going to seek that out. No. If you're, it, a lot of it's ge- geography based. If you are going to mail Wayne County, Michigan, which is, you know, downtown Detroit, inner city Detroit, you're going to get a lot of very, un, uh, what I will call non-economically viable infill lots. You know, if you want to, uh, get a duck hunting property in Wayne County, Michigan, that's not going to work. So this is my point. This You will, do, uh, through all this w- research, it will come to you. Mm-hmm. 
that the vast majority of the properties in, in western Washington state are recreation properties. They're not to be developed for uh, subdivisions. Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of the geography helps you down this path. And if you're new, you're going to have to spend, just like Yuri did earlier, a year learning. And then the next year, you're probably going to make two or three or four hundred thousand dollars if you want to, if you uh, work it right. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday uh, member webinar. Benton County, buy for 28, Chelsea thinks we could sell for 100, five acres. Now, this one's in the hills above the town and it borders larger property. Let's see here. So as far as the Jason goes, there's nothing. Because somebody went in here and subdivided this pretty recklessly, uh, didn't put any roads in, just got new APNs and skated. There's looks like there's one person using it. So am I knocking these properties in general? Not really, but they have to be like $1,000. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this at all. And somebody's farming this and that's great. That's what it should be used for. That's a great use of this land, actually. Mm -hmm. All this. Exactly. So I, I feel like I, I would, I would buy. I wouldn't oh. buy it at that price. Right. I would buy cheap because you got to remember we're in Washington and they grow all kinds of stuff there. And even on five acres, if there's probably a pretty good chance they can make a business out of it, if you know what I mean. Understood. I do. I do. Noted. So I would buy it cheap, but yeah, I wouldn't walk away from that. There you go. And the right guy can go out and put up his shed. <laughs> Barbed wire. <laughs> put up his yeah, air, air, aircraft hanger and hang lights inside. Hang lights? Yeah, I got to, well, I guess you could do if you, well, yeah, because it's, it's Washington. They don't have a lot of sun. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But they grow things. All right, I'm I'm down for that. That's cool. Chelsea wants to know what you would pay. Mm. Stephen's one dollar. I mean, Chelsea, I don't know without looking at at what other stuff around there has sold for. All right. Now we're talking. Look at this, Derek. Chelsea, you have something inspirational to share. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this this week because last week was our Land Academy, uh, our Land Academy Ladies monthly get together. And as you and I were talking about it afterward, I realized, holy moly, this is Land Academy Ladies 2.0, by the way. 1.0 was a couple years ago. And then, and then I stopped for like a year, year and a half. It's kind of, it was, it was getting to be a lot. I felt like we weren't moving where we wanted to go. It was, felt like it was getting a little stale. I'll just say seriously. And so we stopped and, and it was, and so, but we, what was funny was later on looking back at that group, every single woman that was that showed up and really contributed in that group went on to do really, really well. So, but I didn't realize it at the time. So here we are again. We just started in 2023, um, Land Academy Ladies 2.0 now. And I can already see such a difference and I can't, I can't figure out why. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a real concrete answer, but some of the ladies in this group are just amazing. Um, and the topics that we're talking about, the way we're coming at it, Maybe part of it is me, you know, I'm re-energized and I'm excited about it and I can't wait to see 
what some of these gals are going to do. I already know what some of them are going to do. There's one in there in particular who's in career path that just is... She's killing it. She is. And and I don't even think she realizes she comes up with all these questions like, okay, you know, could this... But you know what's great about her is M is your first initial. Um, She... uh, she asks questions. She asks really good questions. She takes notes and she acts on them. Like in between office hours and our call, she'll say, I talked to the seller. I got that done, that done, and I'm waiting for a call back. I'm like, because she's just on it. She she's not no afraid. About, that's what it is about her. She has no ego well, and no pride, yeah. which, is, which I think are two amazing qualities. I think she's got pride. She, she mechanically goes through but, the motions of buying and selling land and asking for help all around her. Yeah, when she doing a great job. But she's really asking know. smart questions, though, too. You know, that's the thing. She really thinks about it, puts thought into it. Do, How did I imply to, that she wasn't asking smart questions? I'm just saying she asks a lot of the right questions. So I just want to just make sure I'm giving her extra love because I appreciate <laughs> that. Because you know why? Because there's people that ask a lot of questions and then it gets to be redundant, like the same questions. Oh. You know what I mean? They don't learn from things. She's really good at asking like, a question, learning from it, and then asking a better question after she's moved forward and done these six things, which is really, really good. So maybe that's why, this is my topic, please. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) If you're listening or watching to this, have you noticed that I'm just doing nothing? I'm getting in trouble for it. You're not. This is my topic, please. What did I do? (laughs) There's some zingers in there. I'm like, I didn't imply anything. You're good. But the 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 point I just want to talk about for a few minutes was, um, you know who you are, and my group is pretty small right now. I wish I'm a little surprised at how small it is. Land Academy Ladies, in case you were not sure, is for any female person who is involved in the Land Academy company, whether or not you are the direct member. So if it's like if Jack was the member, I'm his partner slash spouse, whatever kind of thing. I'm not the direct member, but I'm helping the business and I'm, I'm doing things too. You are welcome to join Land Academy, ladies. All I have to do is send a note to support at landacademy.com and they will get you the invite. We meet once a month on Tuesdays a couple hours after the advance call. Jack, now I would love to hear what you have informational to share with us today. My contribution today is called The Right and the Wrong Ways to Save for Retirement. Two case studies and one of them is ours. Guess which one? The right way or the wrong way is ours. I'm not going to guess. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I belong to or I subscribe to, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's not a group. It's just you know, an information source Therapy. on the internet. It's the equivalent of, if you're old enough like me, to know who Dear Abby is. And she, Dear Abby would have a column in her newspaper and people would write in and say, my husband's the biggest jerk there ever was. And I... Uh, don't know what to do and she would give him advice or it was mostly social stuff like that this very specific uh let's call it a column it's not it's an uh, internet website resource is all about financial advice and the person this person wrote in and said help i've saved five million dollars uh toward my retirement and i'm heading into retirement and absolutely going to uh be a victim of the required minimum distributions that are associated with all the investment vehicles 
that he's accumulated. 401k, Roth IRAs, uh, and on and on and on. Because these investment vehicles that he was, a, he was a lifetime educator, either a teacher or an administrator, I'm not sure. I'm sure the school districts or wherever he worked were matching his 401k. He was getting amazing tax advantages on the way in so that, you know, he wasn't being taxed on the money that he was making by putting it in these investment vehicles. And at the same time, he was getting unknowingly feed to death by the people who have signed contracts with these school systems, Wall Street. So he's, he didn't have to pay taxes on the way in. Uh, the Wall Street people got to continue month after month after his contributions. Uh, were taking fees and still are taking fees. So at his retirement age of 65 or 67, I can't remember in the article, he's now ready to take uh, money out and he only can take a little bit out. The government tells him how much he can take out and it's taxed. Sucks. He created a situation where he has very few choices. He has all this money, supposedly did it all right, and he's a victim of RMD, required minimum um, distribution. That's case study one. So he's going to get pounded. You know what the answer the columnist answered? Well, you have a, a very bright 20-year future ahead of you in giving your money away. Because then it's This boils taxed. my blood. Is that, was that the whole point? This boils my blood, this topic. Yeah. You, listener, like us, either own a business or you're on your way to owning a business where you make tons of money, you deduct your expenses first, like your own salary, the people who work for you, uh, marketing, mail costs, and on and on and on. And then what's left, your you know, your uh, net income gets taxed. So we control, we have a lot of control over how much tax we pay. Unlike this poor guy, this poor victim of, of uh, 401ks and on and on and on. We own our own businesses. And so we're going to pay our taxes up front and we are left with all kinds of after-tax money because we buy and sell tons and tons of land. Uh, we buy some, we have choices. We can buy three deals every year or 30. We can spend a ton of time on this or not spend a ton of time on it. We have complete control and we have piles and piles and piles of after-tax money sitting in vehicles which I deem to be risk-free. Checking accounts that have a high-yield interest rate, uh, certificates of deposit, and, and most importantly, more freaking land. What's better than have a bunch of land that's for sale? When it comes in, it comes in. So you don't have to be one of these victims. This poor guy probably was the greatest teacher there ever was. Hopefully, he's got awards on his shelves for being the best teacher ever. He just didn't really spend a lot of time researching about money. That's what this is for. That's what Man Plan is for. If you don't know about manplan.com, this is the kind of stuff we, we talk about, regardless of what your age is. It ha we have not launched it yet, but go there. Sign up and uh, so you don't have to go through this kind of crap in your life, regardless of your age. That was a rant. I should have said that at the beginning. Noted. <laughs> when the elbow came my way, when I started to ask one question, noted. Go ahead. Oh, did it? Yeah, that's okay. Oh, that was automatic. I don't even recall that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's great. Do you have any questions, that's Joe? Awesome. Nope. <laughs> nope, not at Are all. Are you enjoying the piles of uh, after-tax cash that you have for your retirement? I'm doing now? just fine. That's I'm not worried about anything, so. Half of the piles of cash you'll generate it so thank you 
Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. If you have a question or if you'd like us to answer on air or you need any help getting involved with our community, text us at 480-530-7383. We read every single text. Mm -hmm. And if we like your question, we'll get it on the air. Love it. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode because you are not alone in your real estate ambition. We We are are Jack Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.